Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Aloha, friends. Welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I am super excited to be back with you for another solo episode, and these have become a favorite part of my month, just sitting down to share from my own book, My Heart for Raising Boys, has just been such a joy. And I'm so grateful to hear from so many of you that have enjoyed these solo episodes. So thank you. Uh, After all the work I put into writing Boy Mom, I love sharing my heart for these topics. And today we come to a topic that is so important to me and made its way into the next book that will come out early in 2023 as well. And I feel like a broken record when I'm like, this might be my favorite topic. You're like, you said that last week. But the truth is influences and role models are so much my heart for parenting. Like this is a huge part of our responsibility as parents. Um, chapter seven of Boy Mom is called Forces at Work, and it is all about influences and role models in our kids' lives. Now, if you're new to the podcast, just so you know, uh, each month of 2022, the last Wednesday of the month, I have been sharing from one chapter from my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. So if you want to go back over my episodes, you're going to find January through May, I have shared chapters two through six. Chapter one was more of an introduction. So topically speaking, I am sharing one thing a month from what I consider the top 12 things that your son needs most from you from the chapters of Boy Mom. So again, we're talking about influences and role models today, and I'm just going to share some highlights, a few of the things that stand out to me, some of my favorite parts of this chapter, and then my hope is that you can get your hands on Boy Mom. You can buy it through Amazon. I'll be linking to it in show notes. You can also get the Audible version and listen to me reading it, which will sound a little better than today because I'm still a little bit nasally after having a cold last week. But um, 
I know many of you listening have already read Boy Mom, and yet this is kind of a refresher or a reminder. And here we are in summertime where our kids are going to be around a lot of other kids, whether they are hanging out in the neighborhood, whether you've got family visiting or you travel, or maybe they go to summer camp or do some kind of sports or activity this summer. The influences around your kids are going to be key. And so I want to highlight some things and hopefully this will lead you to some good conversations, some good check-ins. You know, we're going to, we're going to touch on a number of different influences in your kids' lives. So I hope that this is a huge encouragement to you and that you find it a really practical episode as well. Now, before I dive in, I always just like to thank you so much uh, for sharing my episodes. If you are on your phone right now listening, you can just take a screenshot of this episode and share it to a social media story. I love that. If you do, please tag at Monica Swanson underscore. Hopefully we've already connected there anyway. I love um, meeting you guys on Instagram. Also just telling your friends about this podcast is a great way to spread the word. And I also love to invite you to be a part of my email community. Every week I send an email sharing just what's new, um, usually something fun or funny or encouraging. If I find a great link on the internet, um, you can be a part of that email community by going to monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. I take really good care of my email subscribers, so I'd love for you to be a part of that. Okay, so let's dive in and talk about Forces at Work, Chapter 7 from Boy Mom. And I open with, instead of a normal quote, I quote Proverbs 13.20 from the English Standard Version, which says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now that's about as foundational for influences as we can get. If we just stop and think about that and teach our kids that principle, we're going to have a great start to this topic. I also like to read how I open the chapter because usually that gives you a good feel for where we're going. And so I will share this story that I open chapter seven with. It says, I'll never forget the day our family headed out to do some errands. And as we drove by the beach, there they were all together walking and laughing the cool kids, the kids that my son used to count as his friends. And there was my son in the backseat of the car, left out and uninvited. He looked away quickly, but I saw how much it hurt him. He wanted to fit in as much as any teenage kid. He wanted to feel normal, accepted, cool. But he had made some hard choices, good choices, about friends and influences, knowing that this group of kids had departed from the narrow path that our son was on. He now faced the reality that he no longer fit in with them. Sure, his choices honored the Lord and pleased his parents, but the result was painful nonetheless. But even the pain served a purpose, and I hope what we've learned might encourage you. Guiding your son towards healthy influences is a vital way to help him guard his heart and his mind. With so many dark ideas vying for their attention, we need to help our sons feed their spirits with truth and light and all the things Philippians 4.8 urges us to think on. But being intentional in this area is hard. It takes time, energy, and some tough calls on our part as moms. Upstream parenting is hard. It may not be cool or popular, and in the moment it can result in friction and disappointment. But thankfully, this book isn't about being cool or popular. It's about raising great sons, and for that, you really do need to leverage the power of positive influences. 
And the next section is titled Guess Who's Up First. And this is something that if you've read Boy Mom or followed me for long, you are probably getting used to it, but it's going to be a recurring theme in this book as well as the next book and pretty much anything I do when it comes to parenting. We're going to talk about us parents and how we're up first, that we as parents are going to be the greatest influence on our kids, whether we feel like it or believe it or not. As Robert Fulgham said of children, don't worry that they never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. And I say here that everything about your life, from your attitude when you wake up in the morning to the way you speak about others, from how you spend and manage money to the food you eat and the entertainment you choose, these influence how your son will live his life. By far the most effective way to teach your kids how to live is to show them. And so we want to be careful about how we live. Kids are picking up um, notes. They are tucking them away subconsciously. And as they get a little bit older, they're also going to be judging us. They're going to be noticing if we say one thing and do another, if we tell them to speak kindly of others, but they hear us gossip, if we tell them to guard what their eyes see, but they know that when they go to bed, we're binging on some Netflix series that isn't very wholesome. They know that. And one of the worst things we can do for our kids is to live hypocritical lives. And so this isn't about being a perfect parent. We've talked about that before. This is about being authentic and about living the very kind of life that you encourage your kids to live. Now, um, I talk about Philippians where Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And this is a question I've asked myself. It's not an easy one. Can I say that to my kids? Can I safely say, son, do what I do. Follow my lead and you'll be on the right track. Can we tell our kids that if they live a life like we're living, that they're going to have a happy life? Well, that is such a great goal. And again, doesn't mean we're going to live a perfect life. It means we're going to live uh, live the kind of life that we would love to see our kids rise up, grow up to live. And that's going to be a life authentically following after the Lord and making good choices. So that's, a, I think, worthy of some thought and some reflection. How are we living? Are we living the kind of lives we want our kids to model? And I think that's so important for all of us. Now, we're going to go through hard seasons. And when we do, I'm going to encourage parents to be honest. You can let your kids know, listen, I am, I am struggling. Maybe some of this is going to be about owning mistakes we've made. You know, we've, we've made some bad choices with finances or, or dad and I are, are going through a rough patch. But what are we doing about that? Are we seeking counsel? Am I making changes to get us in a better place? Am I asking for help? What am I doing? Am I, am I diving into God's word for counsel? Or am I jumping on the internet or talking to a friend who might not give me the best advice? So let's set great examples for our kids and how we live. I talk next about a father or a father figure. And I think it's really important for me to acknowledge here that I know there are single moms that listen to this podcast and God bless you. My heart absolutely goes out to you. I know you're carrying a very, very heavy load. And what I encourage moms to do is to make sure that there are some good father figures in your kid's life. Hopefully they have a father that is involved in their life. And if so, be sure to be encouraging them. It's easy for us to pick our men apart or to criticize them, but let's be sure to encourage them and, and invite them into being a parent all the more. Um, 
tell them when you see them doing something good and encourage it. That's usually a lot more powerful than our criticisms, our nagging, right? And if your son's father is not present in his life or he's not the role model that you wish he were, then I encourage you to pray and seek out men who will model excellent character for your son. You might have a grandfather, an uncle, or a friend, somebody that they can spend extra time with, but boys absolutely need male um, role models and father figures in their life. So I encourage you to, to pray about it, talk to a friend about it, seek out, you know, usually churches are a great place to find somebody that your son might, um, spend some time with. And I think God will answer those prayers if you're seeking it out. Now we've got the sibling influences in our kids' lives. And I've said before, half-jokingly, that my best advice for raising great kids is to have an excellent firstborn. And I know it's not fair to say, um, I've talked to plenty of people who are like, well, my first two kids have almost like swapped typical um, birth orders. You know, maybe the the firstborn doesn't take a leadership role. Maybe the secondborn does. And so there's many ways that this can play out. And by the way, if you are newer to the podcast, I did a series on birth order that was a lot of fun. It it was me sharing some blog posts from the past. So I'm going to try to link to those in the show notes, but birth order is a great topic that I find so helpful and and also just fun to talk about. But um, when it comes to siblings, that it's huge. Our kids spend a lot of time with their siblings and we hope that that's a good thing. And so I talk in this chapter about how I really put some healthy pressure on my oldest son. When he went through a season where he was being really irritable and critical of his younger brother, I told him that his role in that younger brother's life is really important. I said, you will shape and influence that younger sibling in some ways more so than us as parents. And so it's really important that you take that serious and that you, um, are intentional and thoughtful about how you treat him. Now, I know it's not that easy. Sibling squabbling still happens. It's it's not going to go away overnight if it's something you're dealing with. But I do think having those conversations can help. I also think that pointing your kids to some role models, other families whose kids get along great, who like each other, is helpful. And if you don't know anyone like that, feel free to just check out my boy's social media accounts or, you know, use some of the stories I share in Boy Mom, because I would love to think that they can set an example to some of your younger kids. I know we had that. We had especially one family whose kids were a few years older than ours. It was two boys and a girl. And my boys would watch them and be like, wow, they actually like each other. They hang out in their free time. They were by then in college and they just set such a good example. You can also find books, um, movies, you know, just look for opportunities to highlight that and say, you know, I think that this is something you should shoot for as you grow up. And again, this is a topic that will come up much more in my next book. So if sibling relationships are on your heart, then um, in the new year, the next book will cover that even more. But I think sibling relationships are super important. And then that leads us, of course, to friends and peers. If your kids are going to school, then this is going to be very relevant. If they are spending most of their days with a group of peers, then you're going to want to be involved and coach and mentor them as they leave the home and spend time with other kids. Um, I'm going to read the first part of this chapter. It says, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. This is one of my favorite and most repeated parental sayings. I brought it up in the conversation with that son that I opened with. 
four years ago, soon after we drove past those kids on the beach, the kids who used to be his friends, the kids who were spending the summer mostly unsupervised and many of whom were getting into trouble. So we talked, my son and I, we wrestled with what was true and with what he wanted to be true. My son reminded me, these are my friends. They aren't all bad. Some of them were just hanging out for fun, not necessarily doing anything wrong. Maybe, he added, maybe I could be a good influence on them. It's better than not having any friends at all, right, Mom? To which I said, maybe or maybe not. Yes, there's definitely a time to invest in others who need a good influence in their lives. We value reaching out and befriending kids who need a friend, and we do that by inviting them to spend time in our environment, participating in sports with the boys or connecting at our home or at youth events and so on. But hanging out on the other kids' turf or with a group of teens in an unsupervised location, not such a good idea. It puts our children in vulnerable situations. In settings like that, it's much more likely that my son will be influenced by the group than that he will be the one to influence others. So then I have a section called Parental Guidance Strongly Suggested. And there's no doubt, as moms, we want our kids to have good friends, right? It's one of the things we just imagine and hope for. And when our boys are looking for a close friend or group of close friends, they need a lot of wisdom. And so parents, this is a place that we can really step in and guide and counsel our kids. We want them to have good friends but we want them to choose their closest friends carefully. Close friends should build you up as a person, make you better, share your values. Close friends should not put you in compromising positions or make you uncomfortable about standing strong in your convictions. Close friends should be people you want to be like. And here's some really hard news for a 13-year-old. These kind of friends can be hard to find, even more so if you live in a small community like ours. So I'm going to say all three of my older boys have gone through some seasons of loneliness, seasons where they had to kind of watch as some of the friends that they grew up with were making those choices and going a direction that they didn't want to go. And this is why I'm passionate about talking to our kids about all these things before they face it. If you're raising a good kid, yet haven't prepared him for these things, he's likely to be caught off guard. He might find himself facing peer pressure without even knowing what to call it. He might fear that not following a crowd will leave him friendless. These are important conversations to have with your son before he faces the pressures that come with growing up. And to do these things, to be a part of all this, moms, we really need to be around If your son doesn't have someone to talk to about his changing world, then little by little, a steady stream of small compromises may certainly draw him away from the principles and values that you've worked to instill in him as he's grown up. And if you're not close enough to recognize what's going on, then this good kid of yours might become even more vulnerable to unhealthy influences. So as they hit those tween and teen years especially, or even I'm going to say elementary age, more and more these influences are coming in. This isn't the time to look the other way while our sons are trying to figure things out for themselves. The urge to fit in can definitely cloud a boy's mind, making it hard for him to see what he's getting himself into. So our job, moms, is to coach and encourage our sons in all the things they face, relationships, social challenges, and all the rest. 
And so we want to talk to our kids about friendships. And even when they're young, just talk about, hey, see, you've got these sweet friends now, but I'm just going to tell you, sadly, probably some of them are going to start making some choices eventually. I want to prepare you for that. Let's talk about what that's going to look like. Let's maybe role play. Let's talk about what you're going to do when one of those kids tells you that they're looking at something that they shouldn't be, that they're involved in something, that they're experimenting with alcohol or drugs. How are you going to respond to that and prepare them? Because it's the reality of the world we live in. The next section I call be present, be alert, be willing to make hard choices. And I think that this is really, really important for us. Every year, our world gets a little bit crazier. And at the risk of sounding like an old lady, I'm going to say that we can't assume that the people around us share our values. And I think that it's going to be really important for us to be on our game when it comes to influences. And so sometimes we need to make some hard choices as parents. We need to tell our children um, that we don't want them hanging out with certain kids or in an environment. And that can cause friction. In the moment, our kids might get upset. It might cause a rift between you. But I'm going to tell you that it is worth it if it's done in love. It's done for the right reasons. You're not being a control freak. You're not just trying to lord over your kids, you know, your authority. But if it is done in love and you walk them through it and then you help them find some alternatives, I think it's definitely the best thing. I understand that this can be challenging if both parents are working outside the home, if you're busy and you don't always have the opportunity to navigate or help your child navigate who they're spending time with. Um, I understand that it can be challenging, but I think if you're creative and you look for ways in your schedule to spend as much time in your son's life as possible, um, sometimes there's going to be some big changes necessary. I know people who have moved their whole family to a different area because their neighbor their school system, there was something there that was causing so many problems that they just decided they needed a fresh start and they moved to a completely different area of town or maybe to a new location. And I do believe that sometimes it's worth it. That may be the best thing. Maybe your family could downsize, simplify how you live so that one of the parents can be home more or home full-time. Maybe you could find a job opportunity to work from home so that you can be around. Maybe you want to consider homeschooling. There's so many things. If you pray and get creative, there are ways to be more involved in your children's lives. And I mean, we know research shows that just sitting around a family dinner table, I think three times a week has proven to be correlated with kids getting better grades, staying out of trouble, um, less drinking, alcohol, sexual promiscuity, all of that from having family dinners. So look for opportunities, whether it's breakfast, dinner, some time to gather and just have um, time as a family. These things pay off big dividends in the long run. And sometimes you want to get creative too. Maybe there's a grandparent that can step in and be involved in your kids' lives after school. Maybe there's a program they can be a part of. Just pray and think outside the box and there's going to be more opportunities than you might realize. 
Now, I want to be clear here, as I mentioned in the chapter, I'm not suggesting that our kids should never spend any time with someone that doesn't share their exact values or who isn't a perfect influence. We are big believers in keeping our boys, mixing it up with all different people. But I'm talking about those people that they are close to, that they spend time in each other's homes or on the weekends, um, especially if they were to do any overnighters. I really do encourage parents to help their kids understand the difference between, hey, going out and playing some ball with somebody and hanging out for hours at a time. The close friends in their lives are the ones that are going to really shape and influence them. And of course, this isn't a new concept. We know that um, in the Bible, there's many places that talk about influences. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church warning them, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. And I opened with words from King Solomon way back in Proverbs. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So the teenage years are a prime time for our boys to heed those warnings. And again, um, we play a big role in that because we're kind of the gatekeepers, right? Especially in the early years, we are the gatekeepers. And then as our kids become teenagers, we're the coaches and the mentors. We help them make choices. We, we give them advice. They may not always follow it, but we certainly can open and close some doors. We have uh, more authority in those teenage years than a lot of parents want to believe. We They don't get free reign just because they're a teenager or because they go to school. As long as they live in our homes until they're 18 years old, it is our responsibility to help coach. And, and this isn't about helicopter parenting. This is about being an intentional uh, coach and mentor to our growing kids. So um, the good news from my boy's story, for those of you who don't know, is that they did grow up to do just fine uh, during their years where they were a little bit lonelier, I would say. I'm pretty excited about the choices they made. I mean, my boys used their time to not only hang out with their super cool family, <laughs> who at the time maybe they weren't sure how cool we were, but we spent a lot of time together, but they also discovered and pursued and grew in passions and interests. Um, one of my boys learned to code and created his own website where he featured photography that he was doing and writing short stories. Um, Some of you know Jonah started the Truth for Youth podcast at the end of his high school year and during his gap year, and that was a super fun venture. All of my boys have been active in sports, and they've done everything from, you know, learn to build furniture to artwork and on and on. And I think looking back, they would say some of those years where they weren't just hanging out with the cool kids were some of their best years. Probably most importantly, those are the years where God became their very best friend. If they were home and knowing that there was a group of friends out doing something, I'm sure it still stung. They will tell you it was still a little bit painful, but they grew to have a true relationship with God and they grew to have time with their family. And yes, they were still involved socially. I mean, they went to youth group, I think for a little while, they just felt like, I don't really connect with these kids. But after a few years, they realized some of those kids that they didn't think they had a lot in common with became some of their very best friends. And they are still friends to this day. Not only that, but one of my favorite things is as they got a little older, they were really connecting with their youth leaders on a new level. And some of these guys that were in their early 20s saw that and they would, you know, take them for hikes or go uh, spear diving, doing some of the activities, going surfing together. And they developed a friendship, which to this day, they still are in close touch, even when they're away at college. And then 
the best part of it is as they got to college, they found so many more like-minded friends and they were able to invest in great friendships with no regrets, no baggage from making bad choices, from the bad influences that they might have spent time with if they had um, compromised and made different decisions in high school. So they look back with no regrets and now they have great friendships. Yes, they knew how to be social. They've had a blast in college and I'm just so glad for the choices that they made. I will make a little note here that I talk in this chapter too about something I love and this comes up of course in the character training course and often when I'm speaking or um, writing, but it's about other role models and how important it is that we point our kids to great role models, even those that they may never meet. Uh, If our kids are on social media, which by their teenage years, many of them are, we can help them find and follow people who are actually a great example. People we would want them to grow up to be like, whether they're professional athletes or pastors or teachers, people doing inspiring things, we can help our kids find role models. Um, Also in books, uh, online, there's a whole lot of great people out there that our kids can follow and be inspired by. So sometimes the influences in our kids' lives are not people they spend time with in real life, but people that they see online or read about in a book. I know my son Jonah especially became a voracious reader during his later high school years, and I think he just found so much um, blessing in getting to know characters in books. And he would be inspired by uh, adventures and different experiences that people had sometimes hundreds of years ago as he read great stories and became just such a, a reader. So we can point our kids to so many different great influences and hopefully you've got some real life role models as well um, through your church or your community. And that can be super, super valuable. So the question is that I wrap up this chapter, I say, are we strong enough to parent the 14-year-old with the 18-year-old in mind? Because this is what I know, mom. When we determine to swim upstream in our parenting, we inspire our sons to swim upstream too. And being different from the world, that can actually be a beautiful thing. So I share a link here at the end of the chapter to a blog post about when negative influences have already begun to lead our son down the wrong path. And I will also link to that in the show notes. And um, I've got a few links in this one. So I'm going to just give all of these to you in the show notes. There's also a link to my blog post from years ago about help with sibling squabbling. It's an oldie, but I'm just leaving it as is, even with old photos. So some of you will get a giggle out of seeing my boys as much younger boys. And then also an article I wrote called How Brothers Become Best Friends. And that's one of my favorites. So I'm going to link to all of those. And then guess what else I'm going to link to? I have a whole list of books to inspire boys. And, you know, I've shared book lists in different episodes. I've shared book lists on my website. Um, This is what I shared back when the book came out in 2019. So some of these I would probably update now, but I'm going to just share it exactly as it is. It is divided up by ages four to seven ages 8 to 12, and then teenagers. I've got biographies, nonfiction, and fiction in there as well. And that will be linked to in the show notes. So you can grab all those. You can have some good reads, different articles I'm linking to, as well as you can uh, get that list of books for boys. And maybe these will be some good summer reading. Uh, Many of these are books my boys have enjoyed at different ages. So thank you for being here. I want to close with a prayer as I love to do. And so if you will 
just join me for a quick prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for every mom listening. Thank you for their hearts to raise amazing young men, and many of them have daughters as well. I thank you, God, that you've given us so many tools and resources for raising great kids, and one of them is just the gift of influence. It is a blessing. Sometimes we look at it as something that's an obstacle or a challenge, and there is that element to it, but we have such an opportunity First, to live awesome lives in front of our kids that inspire them, and then to surround them with great influences as well through friendships, through books, through role models, um, all the various ways that we can influence our kids. So I pray, God, for the women listening, uh, for the parents listening, that you would give them wisdom and discernment, that you would give them some some great ideas, some creative um, approaches to bringing good influences into their kids' lives, whether they're little kids all the way through the teenage years. And God, I pray for those children out there who um, might have already made some choices. Maybe they're hanging out with kids that are not a good influence and the moms know it. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would give um, these moms some, some creative conversation starters, some ways that they might approach this topic to help open our kids' eyes to see that these influences are not leading them down a good path. I pray for the kids that they would have um, just insight and wisdom that they might just one day recognize what is happening and how it's affecting them, how it's impacting uh, their life now and also their future opportunities and the direction they're going. So God, this stuff isn't easy. We know it and we need you and your Holy Spirit. And so we just ask you to help us, help us do a good job as parents. We're not going to be perfect, but we do ask for your help and we ask for your wisdom. And I pray a blessing on these kids that you would rescue them if they're in a bad place. Give us faith to trust that you will do what only you can do while we do our very best. And I just pray that um, you would be glorified through our kids, through our parenting, through our families. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. friends. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this podcast community. I hope you've read Boy Mom, and if not, I hope you can get your hands on it. There's a link in show notes, and you can always find show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast, or for this particular episode, go ahead and go to monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 164. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and until next time, aloha. Aloha.